The Fake Show is brought to you by Hash House Agogo, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, Bruce City Brand Apparel, The Food Connection, LV.com, and by Mr. Antenna. Your assignment for today is to mentally break my academic rival, Miles Leonard. I want you to catfish him, write a flirty Facebook message, you know, using a fake name. You call yourself like Linda. Damn, oh boy. This is biology? Oh, absolutely. If we got a hold of some of Miles' DNA, we could frame him for a crime and ruin his life. It's like I underestimated you guys. What's the next step? We find a murdered body. This is Toledo, after all. It's probably a dead body somewhere in this room. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Welcome to the show. Actor, writer, producer Glenn Howerton is probably best known for playing Dennis Reynolds on the long-running FX series It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Now, while he still is involved in Sunny, he also stars on the new NBC comedy AP Bio alongside comedian Pat Oswalt. Glenn joins me now from Los Angeles. Welcome, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Jim? Good. Great to talk to you, and, and congratulations on the new show where you play a guy with kind of a big ego. Is there a pattern there <laughs> between that show and It's Always Sunny? There does seem to be a pattern, doesn't there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm, I'm just... I, I, I admit I am I am attracted to, um, to characters that have large egos. I think mostly because I find people like that in real life so fascinating. It's, it's, uh, it's always interesting to me to to try and get inside their heads. And, um, you know, honestly, it's interesting when you, when you start getting asked this question, um, you know, I've had to examine for myself, like, what, what is that? Why, why am I attracted to that? And I think it's yeah. because people with massive egos, uh, you know, extraordinarily narcissistic people, I, I, find, I find them to be it's just so frustrating. I, those are the people that so angry. <laughs> right. That in a way, I, I need I need to I need to satirize that. It's it's the only way I can get my I can get my frustration out. I, I think there was someone on your Twitter page who recently said only you could play a guy in sweatpants seem really arrogant. <laughs> right. You know what? I think that was actually Gene, I think that was actually Gene Villapique, my co-star. Okay. So tell me about your character for those who haven't watched the show, and I have. I, I really love it because you're working with Patton Oswald. Yeah, Patton's incredible. Uh, Pat, yeah, that was when I signed on to the show, um, Patton hadn't signed on yet. So when I found out that he was doing it, I was so excited. I'm just, I'm a huge fan of Patton's. And, uh, and um, it's always nice when you're working with really smart, funny uh, people who also happen to be really great human beings that are, uh, you know, nice to be around. And Patton is certainly one of those. But, um, yeah, I play, so I played Jack Griffin, who's a, a, I would say, a disgraced former Harvard professor, uh, Harvard philosophy professor. Um, basically a guy who's at the top of his game who gets fired from his job and gambles all this money away and is forced to move back to his hometown to teach high school. So it's basically a story about uh, uh, an extraordinarily intelligent man who had succeeded um, having to um, eat crow and move back to his hometown and, and um and he's not happy about it. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to the whole humbling experience that is involved there. It's a Lorne Michaels, Seth Meyers show, but it really is it the writing that kind of draws you into whatever you're going to do. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yes. I mean, for me, the first, yeah, I had no intention of, of just jumping in and doing another TV show. I've been doing yeah, I've been doing Sunny for 12 years. I'm still working on Sunny as a producer and a writer and. Uh, you know, it wasn't my intention to jump into something else, but when I got the script, I just, uh, it was so funny to me that I just couldn't say no. And um, uh, so, yeah, that was the initial thing. And then knowing that Mike O'Brien 
uh, you know, I was familiar with his work from Saturday Night Live. So I knew that I was, I, I knew I was, I knew I had a good team of people behind me that were going to be able to, you know, continue to make a great show with Seth and, and Lauren. I mean, those guys just have such a track record. I'm, I'm such a huge fan of Seth Meyers. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I felt good about jumping into something, even though it was a little bit scary because I wasn't in control of it. But, and at the same time, it had to feel kind of cool to branch out and do something a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, you know, to some degree, I think I've been itching to do that. Um, I poured so much of my, <clears throat> my life and my creativity into one thing with It's Always Sunny. And I haven't done that much stuff outside of Sunny. And that's been kind of on purpose. I mean, for par- partially because it's just, it's exhausting, um, you know, writing yeah. and producing and, and acting in and then, you know, editing and uh, we do everything on Sunny. So, you know, a lot of times I would have a couple months off every year and I just, you know, I'm not so ambitious that I want to go and try and squeeze 50 movies in for that time period. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so I, the, the thought of it was a little bit exhausting. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think I got to a point where I realized that I do, I do want to do other things. I just have to figure out how to, you know, who I can, who I can trust to, to, to work with that, that, that will have material that I feel excited about. You had, you know, a small but crucial role in the film The Strangers, which did you have any idea how well received that was going to be? It's such a creepy, well done movie. Well, I guess, I, you know, I didn't know for sure, but, I, but I, when I read that script, um, I just, I mean, the crazy thing is that Brian Bertino, who, who wrote and directed that movie, the script was so good. I mean, it was one of those things, it just, it was so creepy. I mean, I read it in the middle of the day and I was genuinely <laughs> creeped out. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed like a lot of fun, you know, and Brian, um, Brian knew my work from the show and, uh, uh, you know, so he, I, he kind of just asked me to do it and, um, I, I, I gladly did. I, I thought it would be, I thought it could just be really fun to go and do something completely different than it was. It was, it was a lot of fun. By the way, you know, the story is pretty well known about you guys and the It's Always Sunny original scripts and all that stuff and, and finally getting that pushed through to uh, the studio. How did you talk a guy like Danny DeVito, who was pretty well established, into becoming part of your show? Um, well, I think it was a combination of things. Um, we knew that we, we wanted to expand the, the universe a little bit uh, of the show coming off of season one, but mostly it was a mandate from FX. I mean, FX thought it was really, they loved the show, but they knew they had to do something to bolster the audience a little bit. So um, they suggested uh, bringing on another actor, and we were always to- already toying with the idea of uh, introducing the, the parents. And uh, John Langraff, president of FX, brought up Danny DeVito's Danny's name and you know I mean we we were like I mean look the the reason we were excited is not so much that he was a giant star it was more that we were just huge huge fans of his and felt like he'd be such a great fit for our show so so we got really excited about it and um Rob actually went over to his house uh which in and of itself was a huge deal for us at that time um and what he found out was that Danny was already familiar with the show because his kids were fans of the show. So his kids really liked the show. Right. And because he was close friends with, uh, with John Langraff, he had watched the show as well. And he actually really liked it. And I think we caught him at, at a time in his life where he felt like he needed to do something different and that he needed to take a chance on something. And, you know, the truth is Rob is such a persuasive guy. Um, you know, I mean, he could, he could honestly sell you the pants that you're already wearing <laughs> that good at, at, you know, at getting people excited about things. So 
you know, he had a conversation with Danny. Danny had already seen the show, and uh, Danny called him, I, I want to say, maybe 45 minutes after he left his house and, and said, let's do it. Yes. He his best a little bit. He, he signed on to do one season, so he, he, did, he, he agreed to do, we were going to do 10 episodes in the, in the next season. He, he agreed to do that, and that was it. And then once he'd done that, he, he signed on to do more. You know, I've talked to Rob in the past, and I, I think we talked about the fact that Man, there. Danny has no shame. There, there's just nothing he won't do, right? Yeah, you know what? But it, 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 it's because he has no shame as long as it's he'll do that stuff because he trusts us, and he trusts that he trusts that what we're asking him to do is ultimately going to work. That you know what I mean? And that yeah, you know, it took you know it took a couple of years of of doing the show because. You know, he, he's able to sit and watch watch the show, and he he agrees. He thinks it's funny. He thinks it's working. He likes it. So, you know, even if he reads something and he's a little like, I don't know, man, this is this is a little crazy. <laughs> he he knows that that he's put he's put himself in the hands of of people that know what they're doing. So, I mean, I <laughs> you'd have to ask him that. I, I can only imagine that's the only reason he'll do things like cover himself in, in, uh, in Crisco and, you know, ride around the floor. <laughs> so before I let you go, how do you juggle both of those shows now at this time? You're, you're, bi- you're always busy. Yeah, it's just, it, it makes me, it certainly makes me, um, a lot busier, but, um, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm really only, I mean, I'm, I'm giving notes on scripts and, and, and Mike is, you know, he's got my, he, he takes my input, but, um, but it really is, it really is his show. So, um, it's really, it really ends up just being a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, but it ends up being a lot of fun just going in and, and, and kind of just being an actor on something. Um, you know, and, and in a way, I guess I'm doing what Danny did with us. I'm, I'm putting my trust in, in Mike and, you know, and, and this great team of directors that he's, that they've hired to, to, to create something great. It's a great show, AP Bio. It's on NBC Thursday nights, and it's always Sunny is in progress, I think season number 13. Glenn, uh, great, yeah. to ta- great to talk to you. Good luck with both. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Thanks. All right, guys. Take care. Of course, I can't wait for It's Always Sunny Season 13, which is looking like a fall release date now. Interestingly, Glenn's character was written off the show in Season 12 when he left town to be with his newborn child, but it sounds like he's returning to me. Well, that is the end of this episode of The Fake Show. Thank you all for listening. I'm Jim Tofty, and I will see you next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.